Good evening, and thank you all for joining us. It is a pleasure to be with you all tonight and uh, to welcome any first-time guests that we may have. It's an honor to have you with us. Uh, if you are regular with us, thank you so much for your faithfulness and, and tuning in, and uh, we appreciate that very much. I want to take your attention for granted. So Caleb and I tonight will be ending our series um, that we've been focused on this past week, which addresses the all-important question, why? As Christians, it's important that we not just follow instructions or do what we're told, but that we have some understanding from the scriptures, uh, understanding about why we do what we do and why we don't do what we don't do. It's really important to do that. In fact, Proverbs 4 and 7 says, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all that getting, get understanding. And before I get started, Matt Caleb's going to lead us in prayer, and then we're going to jump into our message. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being with us here tonight. Thank you for giving us all of these instructions on how to live and help us as we examine the scriptures tonight in your word. Help us to understand the why of what you've told us to do so that we can live a more pleasing life for you and not just go through the motions. Thank you, Lord Jesus, and guide us as we teach tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, Tonight, Caleb and I are going to address, I think this is somewhat of a controversial topic among Christians as well as others. And the topic we're going to look at as it relates to why is why when we're born again, should our lifestyles change? Why not just carry on as before? Now, this may seem trivial, but it really is an issue um, amongst uh, Christians and others alike. But why should our lifestyle reflect the change? So many feel that all the do's and don'ts of Christianity are works and therefore have no bearing on our relationship with God or on our salvation. But we submit to you that God calls his people to obedience and submission to his word. Our obedience and submission demonstrates our allegiance and our deference to God's superiority and sovereignty over our lives. We trust that God knows best and therefore, we willingly follow. His ways are higher than our ways. Romans 12 and two says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. So here we see right at the bat, God expects change and that change starts with the way we think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. God's will <clears throat> is to transform us and to change us by the power of his spirit. Our lives are meant to testify to others of his saving grace and his absolute power. In this message, we will walk through Ephesians 5, right? There's tons of messages, uh, tons of words that speak to this issue, but Ephesians 5 is so loaded. We're going to stick right there tonight. So we're going to walk through Ephesians 5 and we're going to examine what God expects of his people. I'm going to jump in with Ephesians 5. I'm going to start right with verse 1. It says, imitate God, therefore, and do, I'm sorry, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. God's entire reason for coming as our Savior was so that we can live better. 
our lives should be full of love, which is quite contrary to the way of this world. Our lives should model kindness, patience, humility, and generosity. In this, we are told to imitate God. Right? When we see how Jesus lived his life when he walked on earth, he is our perfect example of how we should live. So we imitate him as we, we follow the example that Christ gave. Living a life that demonstrates love, that pleases God. And Ephesians chapter 3, he goes on to say, Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this worshiping the things of this world. Sorry, don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. For the anger of God will fall on all who disobey Him. Don't participate in the things that these people do. Paul is clumping together here immorality, impurity, and greed. He's talking about them as as like don't do this thing: immorality, impurity, and greed. The root of all of these sins he addresses in verse five. They worship the things of this world. Those who are immoral and impure don't care about the new life that God will someday give us, but only care about what, what they can do in this life and what happens here in this temporary life. Those who are greedy are oblivious to the fact that whatever they lay up for themselves in this life will be eaten by moth and rust, to quote Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Paul is calling us as Christians to abstain from these sins, not making excuses, but instead staying true to God in our lifestyle of submission and obedience. And in verse 8, the scriptures go on to say, For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. In the dark, we can't see, right? We blindly operate, not seeing or understanding what forces are behind the choices we make and the things that we do. But when God fills us with his spirit, which is light, we see, and in fact, others see. It is his light that shines in us and through us. God has not left us to our own devices to overcome the pull of the flesh and the temptations of sin. Uh, to live good and right, right? If we could have done that on our own, then he would have had no need to come, but he gives us his spirit to help us. So that's impossible. We know that. Any of you who lived a little while, you know that it's impossible to live godly without his spirit. So if we receive this spirit, then our lifestyles um, shouldn't remain the same, right? Go back to this darkness and light thing he just talked about. Our lifestyle should be different. If our, life, um, if our lives remain the same, then what kind of testimony is that, right? We continue to resemble darkness. And what good is that? Again, uh, if it was good, then we would have never sought God. You just think a minute to about what drew you to Christ in the first place. Usually it was some crisis. It was something going on in your life that was bad, that made you realize you needed something better. And so you didn't want to live that way anymore. So again, when Christ comes, change should come about. And what kind of witness would it be to others um, about the power of God uh, if it's not seen 
uh, through us in the way that we live. Every aspect of our lives should reflect the change that Christ brings about. Um, what we do with our time, what activities we engage in, uh, how we dress, how we give, uh, how we treat our neighbor, how we behave, how we speak. I mean, the list goes on and on. Our lives should reflect light when Christ comes in. Going on with this theme of dark and light, verse 11 says, Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them, for the light makes everything visible. That is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Someday the light will shine on all of us, and our deeds will be born in front of God and everybody, so to speak. And God, God already sees and knows everything. He's, he's faithful to help us change our life from what it used to be, if, if we'll let him. It, we don't have to go this alone. Verse, verse 11, I think that's verse 11? No, that's not verse 11. Uh, but that, that verse there says, Awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. It doesn't say grab the light for yourself and, uh, and, and work with that light which you yourself have obtained. This isn't a self-help book. Christ will give you light. God will help you in this journey. But you have to let God help you, and you have to live according to the light that God has given us. So be sure to live in the light and to live of the light. Uh, and then verse well, 15 goes on to say, So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. God wants us to be intentional about following his will and perceptive and understanding of what his will is. What, what his will is. He doesn't want us to just run around willy-nilly, you, know, uh, you know, like, oh, God, what do you want me to do today? No, okay. He wants us to read our Bible because if we, if we read the Bible, we'll get a pretty, a pretty good understanding of what he wants us to do. And fools and drunkards make decisions without using their heads, but God hasn't called us to be fools and drunkards. He's called us to follow him as discerning, understanding children of God. I, I think of um, 2 Timothy 2, verse 15, Study to show thyself approved unto God, uh, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. We're, we're supposed to be intentional and, um, and studious about this. Amen. And the latter part of verse 18 says, Instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. So as opposed to being this drunkard and this fool that Caleb just kind of talked to you about, he said, instead be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Before we live for God, mm, I could just think back right now to the music that was in my heart. But the music that was in our hearts usually reflected carnality and all manner of ungodliness. Not all music, but a lot of what we listened to um, was, was of that nature. It reinforced lustful desires and lulled us into dark thoughts and actions. The beats, the melodies, the lyrics mesmerized and entranced us. A huge part of our lifestyle change includes a new song. In fact, God said he would give his people a new song. When the spirit of God comes in, we sang and danced to the beat of God's drum. We glorify him and rejoice in his goodness. In turn, 
our lives reflect thankfulness and gratitude. Sum this up for us, Caleb. Well, uh, back in the 90s, uh, the phrase, what would Jesus do, became particularly mm. popular. And that phrase, um, it was it was supposed to help us just kind of have a little rule of thumb to work with in the moment to think about if a, if a certain action or behavior or something you were doing was the right one for a Christian. It's it's a pretty good one since Christian means follower of Christ. So if we're going, if we're, if we're going to be a Christian, we're probably going to want to think about what, what would Christ, what would Jesus do? Um, however, that phrase actually became popular back in the 1800s and originated from a widely read book by Charles Sheldon entitled In His Steps, What Would Jesus Do? I mentioned that to say, if, if you're struggling with this lifestyle issue, and every, every single one of us does eventually in some area or another, and we have to, we have to really work on it. Mm -hmm. Just put yourself in Jesus sandals, so to speak, and ask, <laughs> what would Jesus do? As followers <laughs> of Christ, our lifestyle should be imitating Jesus. Amen. Now you got to close us out, Caleb. Oh, so I do. Sorry. All right. <laughs> Thank you all for joining us tonight. And uh, everybody, be sure to head over to newarcupc.info where you can get all of your info about, well, newarcupc, where you can uh, uh, submit a prayer request or a praise report. You can also partner with us in giving if you feel so led to do so in your lifestyle. Um, everybody, also be sure if you haven't already joined a small group, be sure to do that because our small groups are awesome and amazing and you definitely don't want to be missing out on any of that and uh if unless leela has anything else to add we will see you all on the broadcast tomorrow night sunday evening god bless you and you all have a great night bye